Welcome inside the vault. This is a collection of previously unreleased lessons from eight-figure entrepreneurial mastermind Arjun Robbins. And in case you didn't see the warning label, this content can be explicit and is for serious entrepreneurs only. This week, Arjun teaches the critical difference between financial accounting and managerial accounting. He explains why you, as a business owner, should not be doing your own bookkeeping. And he teaches why understanding your numbers is a critical step in building a real, sustainable, mature business. Let's go to the vault. Working with Arjan is like having a shortcut to future you. Every time I can have an opportunity to spend time with Arjan, I try to take it and be a sponge. I thought everyone was crazy. You know, they were running to the front of the stage to see this person. Arjan's wearing his crazy shirt. You know, he drinks tiger blood in the morning just for fun, and he's like breathing down my throat. Sometimes it's terrifying to work with him. It's like he's looking into your soul, but it's, it's growth the whole way. When I was growing up, uh, there was a saying, horseshoes and hand grenades. It only, it, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Did anyone else ever hear that? Yeah? All right. Close also counts when it comes to the financial controls of your business. Wait, wait a second. Hold on a second. That's why we're so afraid of our numbers, because everyone's always told us it's got to be accurate. It's got to be to the penny. It's got to be correct. No, it only has to be close. You have to be exact and correct and precise when it comes to filing your taxes. That is true. That's why you work with an accountant and don't try to file your taxes on your own. But when it comes to the financial controls of your business, not only is close good enough, close is much more profitable than exact. And here's why. Because close exists in this place that we like to call reality. And exact doesn't. And if you think that you have to, if you're holding yourself to the standard that your financial controls have to be exact, then what you're basically saying is you'll never have financial controls because you'll never have the courage to be wrong. The first budget that you're going to do today, if it's your first budget, let me just tell you, it's going to suck. It's going to be way off, like way, way, way off. Like you'll look at that budget two years from now and you'll look back and you say, that was like a joke. It's going to suck. It's okay. How many of us were like awesome at anything the very first time we ever did it? Right? Probably none of us. Um, financial controls is a skill and it requires practice. And the more you practice it, the better you get. So just keep that in mind. All right. All right. Um, this is a chart of accounts. Before we get to a chart of accounts, is anyone here scared or intimidated by the concept of a chart of accounts? Everyone else, 
has a 12-month forward-looking budget, cash flow projections, budget variance report, no? Then you're intimidated by a chart of accounts, right? Why else don't you have all of these things? So your chart of accounts is the foundation that every other financial control in your business is based upon. And if you don't have an understanding of your chart of accounts, then you can't not possibly have a clear understanding of anything else in your anything else in your budget, uh, your business. All right, so let's just get this out of the way right up front. There is a difference between a financial accountant versus a management accountant. We are not here teaching you about financial accounting. That's not what we're doing. Financial accounting is what is 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 uh, uh, taxes, taxes, tax planning, uh, financial uh, retirement planning. All of that exists in a discipline called financial accounting. There's a completely different discipline which is called management accounting. Management accounting is what gives us the management information that we need to make intelligent, proactive, informed management decisions about our business. The problem is, if you're not a sophisticated consumer of accounting services, and you don't make the distinction between am I hiring a financial accountant or am I hiring a management accountant, you don't know the difference. They don't necessarily always volunteer the difference because, you know, accountants sometimes, brace yourself here, people, sometimes they run their businesses as badly as lawyers do. And so they don't do enough marketing and they don't have a business plan for the sales and they don't have a written business plan that explains how the work is supposed to get done consistently, predictably, reliably, day in and day out without the owner of the accounting firm being there chained to the office. And they don't have a strategic plan in writing for the people and the positions they're going to have on their team. And they sometimes don't have a written plan for their physical plant to, to anticipate and accommodate growth. And usually they have a budget but you'd be surprised how many accountants don't even have a cash flow projection. <clears throat> the point is, sometimes an accountant who is trained as a financial accountant who could do a fine job of helping you with your taxes out of their own desperation for business and cash flow because they don't have a written business plan that they're executing against, person walks in the door and asks for some management accounting help, and sometimes they'll grab that nickel, and that's not good for you, it's not good for them. So you've got to understand the difference between a management accountant and a financial accountant. Now you do. All right. Um, Second, you have to make a distinction between a bookkeeper versus an accountant versus a CFO. And I should have done these in reverse order because a bookkeeper is the basic foundational 
number crunching, data entry, arithmetic doing, calculator using, make sure the numbers add up functionality. No business owner should be their own bookkeeper. I'm, I'm going to say no, book, no business owner has any business being their own bookkeeper. Why? The reason why no business owner has any business being their own bookkeeper is because being the bookkeeper is a very low value function for the business. It's important, but low value. The highest and best use of your value as the owner of a business is always, always, always going to be sales. Because without sales, you don't have a business. The second most valuable function for every business owner is always going to be marketing. Because if you don't do marketing, then you got no prospective clients, customers, patients, passengers, whatever you call them, in order to make sales with, right? The third most important function for every business owner, the highest and best use of your, of your time, the third highest and best use of your time for every business owner is making sure the business gets paid and controlling the numbers. Because if you do a great job of marketing and you do a great job of sales, but you don't get paid, you're going to be out of business pretty soon, right? And then you won't do, be able to do any good for anyone, least of all yourself, least of all your family, least of all the clients who need you to be, to, to be the owner of a fiscally sound business. They're hiring a business that they trust to still be in business a month, three months, six months, a year, two years from now when they still need you. They don't want to hire you and think, oh, well, you know, you might be out of business in six months because you're broke. <clears throat> Bookkeeping goes way, by the way, number four on the list, number four on the list is making sure the work gets done. And let's make a distinction between making sure the work gets done versus Doing the work, doing the work, doing the work, doing the work, doing the work yourself. All of these wonderful success stories that you've heard in, in the last session with the 90 day, last 90 days, how they're doing all these amazing things. If you pay attention, and I've been doing this for 10, 12, I don't know, more than a decade, right? And if you pay attention, a very common theme that precedes these success stories is when the owner of the business grows the fuck up. Grows up. You've got to grow up. It's a sign of business maturity when you grow up and get someone else to do the work. Now, why don't more business owners grow up and let someone else do the work? Empower someone else to do the work. Give someone else the opportunity to make a great living and improve their life and their career by giving them a job and letting them do the work for you. And it comes from insecurity and immaturity of thinking, I can do it better. And that's a sure sign that you're in it for the ego. Because the business doesn't need you to do it better. The business needs to get it done. Good is good enough. Good is better than perfect. Why is good better than perfect? 
because good exists in reality and perfect doesn't. Anytime you're doing something in your business and you're, and, you're, and you're developing it or evolving it or investing in it better than good enough, it by definition comes at the, it, 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 it by definition causes you to have to do something else in your business less than good enough because you have limited bandwidth, you got limited time, you got limited resources, you got limited energy, you got limited working capital, and if, you're, and, if you're, and if you're doing this part of your business better than good enough, then something else has to suffer, right? We've got awesome marketing, fantastic sales, and shitty policies and systems and procedures. Well, if you took some of the time and energy away from the awesome sales and the awesome marketing, then you could have good enough marketing and sales to get the job done, and then you could rise up the policies and the systems and the procedures and the infrastructure, which would enable you and empower you to then get someone else to do the job that's got to get done for the clients. Are we clear about this? That's the fourth most important thing in the business, not the third, not the second, not the first. This is a huge part of why some business owners never actually, they they call themselves business owners, but this is a huge reason why some people really spend their whole life just owning their own job. You own your own job if it's all you and you've got no leverage. A little bit better than owning your own job is owning your own practice, creating your own practice. You've got a practice if it still all depends on you, but at least you've got other people that you can leverage. The goal here is to upgrade into actually having a sustainable business. A sustainable business is, some, is, 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 a, is, a, is a business that will continue to meet its legal, financial, ethical, and professional obligations to its shareholders, its vendors, its staff, and, of course, its customers, clients, patients, whatever you decide to call them. That's a sustainable, that's a real business. It's sustainable, and it keeps working even when you're not there every day, even when you're not there every week even when you're not there every month. When you get to the point to where the business continues to bring in prospective clients, even when you're not there every day, every week, every month, you've got reliable processes, policies, systems, procedures to convert potential clients into paying clients day in and day out, every week, every month, even when you're not there. You've got your, your factory your work processes sufficiently documented, systematized, so that other people can do the work even when you're not there every day, every week, every month. The physical plant is being evolved, maintained, developed, expanded. Part of the physical plant are those policies and systems and procedures, and those continue to evolve even when you're not there every day, every week, every month. And you could be sitting on a beach And I sincerely hope you don't ever have to be sitting in a hospital room. But the point is, you can be away from the office and get your key financial reports and look at these key financial reports 
and use them to understand that if all of these numbers are adding up the way that you expected them to add up, that means your marketing is working the way it's supposed to be working. That means your sales is working the way it's supposed to be working. That means your factory is working the way it's supposed to be working. That means your people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. That means everything in the business is functioning. It's a functioning, sustainable business that you can manage by remote control using financial controls, using the financial reports that we're going to teach you how to use today. Sound pretty good? Right? I promise you, this is reality for thousands and thousands and thousands of business owners. Sadly, it's not reality for millions and millions and millions of other business owners. But the thousands and thousands and thousands of business owners for whom it is reality, I don't believe any one of us would tell you that we were able to achieve what I am describing because we're better than you. I don't believe any of us would say we were able to achieve it because we're smarter than you. I don't believe that any of us would tell you that we're able to achieve it because we you know, had some sort of family resources or some political advantage or because we're better looking than you or anything else like that. It's simply because we decided one day to make friends with our numbers and we began to understand that the numbers can give us control of all of these different parts of our business. By the way, guess what else you get? when you've got a business that the marketing continues to happen when you're not there for two weeks, three weeks, a month at a time. The sales continues to happen when you're not there for two weeks, three weeks, a month at a time. The factory continues to produce quality work product within specifications and everything else. Guess what else you've got at that point? You've got an asset that someone else will want to come and buy from you someday. So you're actually building equity for your family. You're actually building something. If your, if your plan is to shut the doors, is to shut the doors one day, lock it up, and walk away, you don't have a business. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to tune in next week for more lessons from the vault.